Everyone faces questions and decisions that require insight and answers as we move forward personally, professionally, and corporately in all areas of this thing we call life in America today. Hello, this is Joe Schofield, and I invite you to tune in every Monday evening from 6 to 7 p.m. as we talk together and hear from key leaders of all ages and backgrounds about your questions. Interesting, informative, intuitive, but always encouraging. Tune us in on BBS Radio Network. Join Pastor Joe and co-hosts Ron Greer, Dr. Paul Hall, Stephanie Thayer, and Dr. Craig Thayer in Raising Expectations. Well, good evening, folks and friends, and thanks for tuning in tonight to this week's version of Raising Expectation, your show that's here to encourage, strengthen you, fill up your faith tanks, and be uh, hopefully give you an opportunity to step forward stronger than when you tuned in. Thanks for all the good reports we're getting from people from different platforms, and uh, this is our first December program, so we're real excited about that. We've got a great program ready for you tonight. It's going to be a lot of great interaction and some stories. We always say we want you to get to know us on the Raising Expectation team. Well, tonight you're going to get an opportunity to, to hear some really good stuff from different people all about Christmas. So, uh, you know, sometimes when I start off like this, I, I tell people, I think like I get to this place and I say, okay, now would you bow your heads and we're going to have a word of prayer because when you're a pastor, this retired, right guys? We're used to opening up and welcoming everybody and then having a word of prayer. But we prayed for you before we started. So get ready because here we go. You know, again, my name is Pastor Joe Schofield. I'm a retired uh, pastor, an author, a Christian school educator and, uh, and principal and this, that and the other, and a lot of things. And I want to share with you some of the greatest things people have blessed my life at this point. And we always share the team with you. I'm going to begin this week on the East Coast. Let's shake them up, Ron. What do you think? We're going to go all the way to the East Coast. Hang on, Paul. And we're going to step, get ready back there. We're Good. going to start in the great state of Georgia. They're in uh, Dalton, Georgia, which is next to South Carolina, which is not far from Lookout Mountain, which you can see Tennessee and the Chattanooga River, which you can find Alabama if you look. And in the middle of that area, you'll find Dr. and Steph Thayer. And Stephanie is the founder and CEO of Quenching Wells. She's a health specialist. She works with people, helping them to know what to eat and how to take care of their bodies and, and especially how to walk with the Lord because he's the author. He created us and he knows what makes us tick. And she gives them an inside track on how that works. She is um, uh, working also with her husband, Dr. Craig, who we call Tank, who's not with us tonight. He's with some other special friends tonight. She let him out. I thought that was a good thing. What do you think, Steph? <laughs> There's no telling what Tank's up to. This is good. We'll get, the, we'll, get, we'll get the scoop for you next week when he comes back. But in any event, Tank is a, a, a surgeon. He's a trauma surgeon. He's a nutrition specialist. He also works with helping people with their health, and he's an author. His new book, Saved, is coming out very soon, and you'll be watching the Internet because he has a lot of little quips and posts in there kind of introducing you to the story of what God 
did in his life. And that's the most exciting thing we can ever read about as far as we're concerned is what God does in your life. So it's coming up real soon. The book is called Save. So they're on the East Coast. So if we come all the way to Central America, to the great state of Texas, we find one of our favorite pastors in the world. His name. Yeah, that's oh, right. Way, sorry. Exactly. His name is Pastor Ron Greer in McKinney. Ron's done a little about everything, but the thing he does so well now, besides being a pastor, he's a counselor. And he works with Christian men, uh, with Man in the Mirror based out of Florida. He covers the mirror section all through Texas and up the Midwest. And he helps men to discover why they're in situations, how God's working through it, and to let them know that uh, God always has, has a plan and always has a purpose in their life. He does a great job of that. He encourages us. He's our great friend and our brother in Christ. And if we go all the way to the West Coast, we find out there in the great metropolis of Lompoc, California, which is near Santa Barbara, if you know where Very that good. is. Very good. I, I got it right, Paul. I got you it right. It. Uh, that teaches me to be proud. Now I'm going to forget what I was going to say. But anyway, Paul is yeah. a pastor, a teacher, a professor. He's been my friend for over 50 years. And uh, we went through school together, and the school is still there. Good good news. But they haven't found but barely but uh in any event and that's back in texas where we went to school and then out here in the west coast also so uh, paul um is a great teacher and a great pastor and beloved by countless people and he'll be sharing some great insight again with us tonight as we look forward to what we're going to talk about tonight and then we're going to go back to southern california and uh in near the los angeles area there we have with us Dr. Marianne and Will Centron. Now, Will's also oh, no. a counselor with men. There they are, right there. Will works with men and uh, counsels with them and helps a lot like Ron does in helping guys in their church and in their homes and where they are. And Will is just a great guy. I tell you what, he's the kind of guy like Ron. You want to know that he's your friend when you need a friend because he is there for you. So, Will is here for us tonight with his wife, Dr. Marianne Centron. And I tell you what, I'm just going to say this. Take your phone up and just go and start reading about the things that God has done through Marianne Cintron. She is a dyslexia specialist. She has written so many books uh, uh, in education, step-by-step dyslexia. She takes something by the power of God working in her life that makes homes become not a wreck, but a place of joy. She takes on negative things that... Uh, that frustrate children and adults alike and turns them into positive bricks that God puts in the wall, not to throw, but to build a great future. And she understands where they're coming from. So ladies and gentlemen, she's with us a lot. So she and Will are, are two of our favorite people in the world. And look her up, Dr. Mary Ann Cintron, C-I-N. T-R-O-N, and find out what she has written and what she's done. It's going to be a little different tonight because we're all just going to be going into the magical world of December. We're very excited, and I know that I shouldn't say this with Tank not here, but this truly is the month that begins fudge for all of us here because even though it's not good, right, Ron? We get to have fudge somewhere in December because it's Christmas. So, so what we're going to do here is we're going to go, and if you've looked at our website, we, we put in there Christian memories, but we really talked about the warm, we're going to talk about the warm and wonderful discussions that we have about Christmas in our families and, and how those 
insights led to spiritual growth when we were growing up in our families and different things that we did. We'll try to keep it uh, nice and we will try to keep it. Look at Ron. We'll try to keep I'm sure there's some stories that are great. If you have brothers and sisters, it's open season tonight. You could share your favorite things about Christmas or whatever has happened and uh, whatever they might be and share them with us tonight because we're going to go that way. So warm and wonderful discussions. We're going to open up tonight and just, I'm going to do it like you used to do in uh, in football. I'm going to say, everybody run. I'm going to throw the ball and whoever gets to it, that's the reception. And we're going to go from here and here it comes. You're on. Who'd like to start with one of their favorite things? <laughs> we usually start with, with Stephanie, right? Because our mother's raised us right, right, Ron? So, uh, but Absolutely. we all, we have Marianne here tonight too. So two ladies tonight. Take Marianne it. That's a lot of pressure. Well, you know what? Because something very clearly came to my mind when you asked that, I was one of five girls in my family, and we had two brothers. Um, but the four of us girls wanted those white boots, and they were so popular when I was in elementary school, so back in the uh, 60s, and I still believed in Santa Claus. And I was jumping around the furniture, looking behind the couch. And I saw four boxes wrapped, um, and they said from Santa, and but it was like two weeks before Christmas. <laughs> it was early, and, and the writing looked like my mom's. And I started figuring out, okay, mom Santa. <laughs> oh, <laughs> so I don't know if kids watching this right now, but I was. We were also excited to get white go-go boots, and. Uh, you could just imagine our family was pretty broke. My um, dad was sick a lot when uh, we were young kids. He had diabetes. So it put him, you know, in and out of the hospital. And my mom had to go back to work at Lockheed in Lockheed and, uh, you know, pay for us. And um, it was just, we had a real hard um, or, or lack of finances growing up. So for all of us to get new boots was really cool. And also, one Christmas, we heard a knock on the door, and uh, we had some new bikes on the porch, and that was very exciting. Getting two wheel two wheelers, oh, a couple of us had new bikes on the porch. So, wow. surprise, fantasy, gifts, and the warmth of a large family are my memories. Brad, you might want to explain to the younger people uh, what go go boots are. <laughs> <laughs> Uggs with in leather. <laughs> They're kind of like Doc Martens now. They're a little bit different, but okay, ish. You know, oh. I see you scratching your hair, going, "What kind of boots?" Go-go boots. And I never had any of those. How about you, Ron? I did. Hey, hey, I never had them, but uh, I really liked them. <laughs> like Doc Martens. See, I have to even look what that looks like because I'm not into that trendy clothing now anymore. In the more mature styles right now. <laughs> well, Stephanie, how about you? We'll go with the ladies first. Well, so I was I was an only child for a long time, and I was actually the only child in the family. I have three aunts that did not have children. And so a lot of pressure comes along with that, just so that you know. So I was the only kid at a lot of family events. And I prayed and prayed and prayed and prayed, and prayed for a sibling. And I finally got a little brother. He's nine years younger than me. One particular Christmas, um, 
so he not only was he the baby, but he was the boy. So like, I mean, I didn't have a bad life, but he got the animal. I wasn't ever allowed to have an animal. You know, there's certain sibling things I'm bitter about that just is not fair. Right. And, um, I think I was, I was either 13 or 14 and I got nothing at all at Christmas. And our family kind of, we don't do this with our kids, but when I was a kid, they went a little over the top. Like it was just presents everywhere and something, you know, multiple presents for each person from each person. I got nothing, nothing. I had nothing in my stocking. I had nothing under the tree. So, you know, teenage daughters, if you have one, I pray for you. We're a little bit emotional. So I was starting to have a pity party. They took me out to the garage and the whole family had pitched together, pitched in. I lived, I grew up near um, the foothills to South Lake Tahoe. They had all bought me a snowboard and my own like snow gear. And I started crying. And so that was probably my favorite Christmas gift, not because of the cost of it, but because I was so emotionally distraught that nobody loved me and clearly I got cold or I don't know what happened. And they thought it was a funny thing to do and wait to the end. And I still have that snowboard. It's it's outdated technologically, oh, but I still have it um, because it just meant a lot to me. So that's my kind of funny. Great. Yeah. It's great. That's excellent. Pretty good. Oh. <laughs> oh. Well, guys. Oh. Hey, go ahead, you. Ron. Oh, go ahead, Ron. Father's will. <laughs> okay, go I, ahead, I've, got a, I've got a good, a good memory. Um, you know, we I grew up in in the Bronx, New York, up in the uh, Upper oh. Bronx. And, you know, we lived in uh, city housing and on a you know third floor, three uh, three floor, uh, three story uh, apartment. And um, we used to go to this store. I was about 12, 13 years old. And there was a store called EJ Corvettes. And it was almost like a Walmart. Right? Not, oh. as, not as close to a Walmart. But you can, you can buy food, you can buy clothing, and, and then they had, you know, other stuff. And uh, every time we went there, they had this gold 10-speed bike. Wow. With the French, you know, bars on it. Oh yeah! Every time we went there, I I, I would just I look at it and I would you know say my mom and dad. I would tell them, boy, that I'd love to have that bike, you know. But I knew I said, well, I. I... You're muted. Well, something oh, you... happened. You're on mute. I hit the button. There we go. Yeah. There we go. Keep going. Yeah. So um, say so every time we went there, I would just kind of Google at that bike and and you know make a comment. Oh, wow. Believing that, you know, it would never happen. We, you know, we weren't, uh, you know, wealthy or anything like that. So that Christmas morning, I get up, and me and my brother, our bedroom was all straight down the hallway. I mean, it was a, a straight shot out of our bedroom into the living room. Oh, wow. So we get up, and my dad was a an upholsterer, cabinet maker. And he made these curtains in the living room that covered the living room window and then the opening into the dining area. It went all the way across. And it was no, you know, big deal to, for these curtains to be closed. So we get up and we go into the, the, the living room, the tree, and we hit this presence under the, under the uh, curtain. And uh, my dad 
And then he he self-powered the curtain. So he, he had a little pedal, you step on it, and the motor would start, and they would slowly open. So he goes over and, to open the curtains. And as they were opening, and I look over, and here's that gold 10-speed bike. I went, I went bananas. I just couldn't believe that they actually bought that bike for me. I think it was like about $100 at that time. That's, that's a lot of money, you know. And yeah. I love that bike. I drove, I rode everywhere with that bike. Uh, that wow. Was, that was a, the, you know, one of the memories that uh, I always hold on to. <laughs> awesome. That is awesome. That is awesome. Right. <laughs> wow. Well, well, Does it have those wraparound handles underneath? Yeah. Is yeah, that what yeah. you meant? Yeah. Yeah, I bought the, uh, the little cages for the pedals you, know, you slip your feet into. <laughs> it didn't have oh, yeah. clips, you know. At the, uh, I don't think they had clip-ons. <laughs> and so I bought those. I mean, I just, I, I was into it. <laughs> you were cool. Really cool. Yeah. Way cool. Way cool. Awesome. We, had those, we had a family of seven also. And uh, yeah, always, you know, of course, it was always one of those, always four. <laughs> uh, but every now and then, my mother and father would find somewhere to scrape together something to have a, a great Christmas. Most Christmases, I've got to say, it was it was more the family interaction and the little things here and there uh, rather than gifts. But I probably one our two most memorable ones ever. One is a sort of a bad memory. Sounds to other people, other people like a bad memory, and the other one was a bike story as well. Uh, we had we had moved to my parents uh, decided to buy a house. My mother more likely, my father's went along with it. <laughs> so we were uh, probably the first ones in our family to buy a house. And Milwaukee, Wisconsin, and you know things were still tight, very tight. So it was just before Christmas. So Christmas rolls around, uh, and we're thinking, and we've been warned that hey, not a whole lot's going to be happening for Christmas. Um, so we we had expectations of not much at all. Uh, so we had this nice dinner the night before, and I I hesitate to say this, but Southern people might get it. So we had a big pot of um, collard greens. And we had a big, the mother made a big pan of cornbread and we actually had some meat, ham hocks inside that, those greens. And when she served it out and spread it up, we ate like we thought were kings because we, we got full. It's one of the few meals we could eat as much as we wanted, right? So the next day is Christmas. And for Christmas meal, she brings out the rest of the pot liquor, the, the, the juice that was left in the pot and a new, new, another pan of cornbread. Now, believe it or not, we were absolutely ecstatic. We thought it was the best meal ever. So anyway, as we were kids and God blessed us with that kind of ignorance, right? Oh, but, that's great. But, but for that Christmas, though, it was it was a simple thing. She bought a couple of us had a pair of socks, and my sister got a little, I think a little pajama thing. And then the baby girl and the baby boy, they actually got literally, they literally got toys. So, so we were we were a little miffed by by that, but at the same time, it's just our mentality. We didn't expect anything. But it was the idea of that meal at the round the table and having gifts there. And we thought it was amazing in, in our own house, you know, <laughs> unlike uh, years before. And the other the one before that was uh, well, after that, rather, was my very first bicycle. It was a red and white uh, 20, 20, 20 inch with a banana seat. And high fly handlebars, and I thought the entire world had come around to me. Um, <laughs> that banana seat, I loved a banana seat. Oh, that was, 
Yeah. Oh, the red and white, red and white bike, and I, I can't remember the name. Uh, I think it was Schwinn, I believe. But I uh, probably thought that was the best Christmas ever in history. Those two, those two days. Absolutely. Wow. That's great. That's awesome. <laughs> Let's see now. Who didn't have a turn on that one yet? Paul, come on, Paul. Oh, you didn't either, uh, Joe. <laughs> that's okay. Uh, I had to do all that talk to open up. <laughs> oh, that's okay. That's a deal. I think Christmas. Uh, I, I I always there's always a question that comes into my head around Christmas time. You know, and I love the season. You know, right after Halloween, here we go. You know, we're we're moving into it. And the question is that I think that I ask. I'm confident I do. Is uh, did Christmas happen this year? And uh, I, I think I asked that question uh, maybe for different reasons. I, um, my my dad was raised in an orphanage, uh, and he was adopted. Uh, he was went in the orphanage when he was a year and a half old, and was adopted when he was fourteen. So he spent uh, all of his formative years, uh, you know, in in the orphanage. I learned uh, an appreciation for giftedness. Um, uh, from him, uh, he, he was happy as a as a as a lark if he got. Uh, well, he'd tell me for Christmas he got an orange and a piece of candy. That was it. You know, that's what the, that's what the kids got, and uh, and I, I had an appreciation for that. Uh, uh, years later, I grew up in Southern Illinois, and there's a children's home in a in a town called Carmi. It's still there, but I can remember uh, that our family on occasion would adopt a child for Christmas. And I remember going to the orphanage where my dad was raised and, and, uh, and just watching with some delight, you know, as these, as these kids got a box full of neat stuff, you know? Um, so, uh, Christmas to me, I, I had a happy childhood. You know, I grew up, uh, I, man, I could walk out of my house and go walking in the country with my dog, Herkimer and my pellet rifle and, uh, Vienna sausages and, and a pudding cup, and I was happy for the day. I mean, that that was it. And we'd just wander w- way, way back in the woods. And, and uh, there was a pond called Stell's Pond, and uh, because it belonged to Mr. Stell, obviously. <laughs> uh, but Herkimer and I, uh, you know, we spent a lot of time around that pond, and then there was a flat bottom boat that we'd go out in. Um, in the wintertime, Stella's Pond would freeze over. That's where I learned ice skate was on that, a frozen pond. Uh, I also learned that <laughs> that it's easier to stand up on rippled ice than it is to stand up on smooth ice. Uh, and I remember I'd go across that pond just with my, my, uh, my blades. There's, uh, there's one particular time that I remember Dad and I used to go down to the down to the pond and it was it was quite a walk from our house so uh we walked it sounds terrible we walked in the snow uphill both ways you know that's that kind of story uh but we we tried our way through the snow um i remember one particular time uh, i was skating on on stell's pond which was bigger than a than a pond it was it was it was pretty big and uh my hands got really cold i thought my fingers were gonna break off they were so cold uh my dad my dad worked outside a lot uh with his business and he had a thermal snowsuit uh that that he would wear to, to stay warm 
And I remember I, I was so frozen and my hands hurt so bad. I was just a little this little guy. And I told my dad I was uh, I was cold, you know, and he said, well, come here. And I'll never forget that <laughs> he unzipped his snowsuit and I put my arms in his snowsuit <laughs> and wrapped my arms around his waist. And I just stood there while I warmed up, you know, and I don't I don't think there was. I don't think there was a better feeling than that, uh, and and that's still that's real tender. Uh, my dad's ninety three now, and he doesn't ice skate anymore, thankfully. Uh, but but we still talk about you know the times on the, on Stell's Pond and and uh, and zipping across the ice and and having fun. Uh, which brings me to my second real quick story. The Yoder family was a family that lived in town. We moved from out of town into town. It was only 3,000 people in the town. So we moved in town. And the elders lived on the, like the city limits. And they had a pond at their house. And in the winter, when their pond would freeze over, they would string lights around the pond. And Mr. Yoder would take 50-gallon drums, and he'd weld them and stack them up and make a fireplace. And then they would put a canvas cover around the drums. And anybody who wanted to could go out to their house and ice skate, you know, with the lights up. So we'd just skate around that pond. And Mrs. Yoder, it was like out of a storybook. Mrs. Yoder would make hot chocolate, and there would be donuts. I didn't know those. We called them high-fiber discs. Uh, you know, we we did donuts and drink hot chocolate, and uh, it was just a great time. Those are some 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 real memories, and of course, family and Granny's house and food and and all that wonderful stuff. But uh, as, as I think about coming back to that question, you know, did did Christmas happen? Um, that's an inside job. That that's something in in my own heart, and uh, something that I I. I want to be very careful to preserve that it's not in what comes to me, but honestly, it's what comes out of me to others that brings great joy. I love to see other people's eyeballs, you know, light up just from the simple thing that you look at them and you hug them and you, and you, you tell them you love them. And, uh, yeah. and, and that's always a special, special thing. So, uh, that, that kind of, you know, when I think about Christmas, um, besides the movies, like the, you know christmas vacation and etc i gotta watch those every year and and my my absolute all-time favorite uh christmas movie uh is a christmas story uh and i have a little leg lamp you know that on in my office and, and i got the whole thing going and it's it's, it's pregnant you know it's 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 an expensive it's a, it's a first place prize but i i'm i'm just one of those sentimental kind of guys that that just kind of revolves around those kind of, <laughs> there you, that's it. I've got, just the, got the wrapping yeah, paper. Yeah. Bingo. Bingo. Yeah. You got it going on Steph. Uh, so that, those are some of the things at Christmas. And obviously, uh, I, obviously, obviously say, it's a wonderful life. Yeah. Well, I love that one too. Uh, but, but Christ and Christmas and, and yeah. being able to open your life and, and realize how much we were greatly loved and and what a joy it is to share with that that love uh with folks around us so that those are my memories you know amen Christmas happened you know <laughs> some years it hasn't some, but uh but mostly it has yes excuse me well oh, that's that choked up already <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> Don't tell them already, man. <laughs> Boy. Uh, yeah, my, you know, we came from back there. I think about the pond you're talking about, Paul, and I think of the mighty Herkimer. I know all the stories we <laughs> shared with me about the mighty Herkimer, the dog. He was a great dog. <laughs> yeah, good old Herc, you know, but, um, yeah, yeah well, I, I was born, you know, in New Hampshire and, uh, mom and dad, when I was three, when, when I was three, we came to California, Southern California, and he came out here for a job that he'd worked hard for after World War II. And, when we landed here, he found out three days earlier they gave the job to someone else. So <laughs> dad goes, oops, <laughs> this isn't going to work. So like like you're all saying, I remember all the way through. But, well, I agree with Paul. Like um, the greatest joy is when you see, well, I bet your mom and dad, Will, were just jumping up and down trying to get that curtain open. They were trying to sneak up on you with that bike. <laughs> joy parents have like that, right? That is so something. And and your mom coming in through for the for the kids huh? when he when they got their run he couldn't wait to bring that in for you knew that that was going to be so special and boy they probably were dying to get you to the garage stephanie in time to be able to to find out what what you had waiting there for you that's right i uh my my favorite story christmas is it's a wonderful life and uh i mean i that thing when my kids were little and uh when i was younger when i was a youth pastor i made all the youth we started out with about 100. We ended up with over five, 600 high school kids. They all had to watch it every year. Said, oh, boy, it's Christmas. We get to see Pastor Joe's movie. But it was really good. It's a wonderful life, and they learned a lot of good things from it. There was a test at the end. But anyway, I'm looking back at myself. Um, you know, I, I came from a large family myself and two sisters. But, you know, girls, they count for at least three or four. So uh, it was like I was really outnumbered. Yeah, that's right. I was really outnumbered. But uh, I think of one in particular that was kind of interesting that um, they pulled this this package in for me. It took three of them to get it in. They stuck it under the tree in the corner, and it was about, oh, it was at least about three and a half, four feet tall, and it was all wrapped, had my name on it. And I'll let you in on a secret. Don't tell anybody, but my name then until I got up to be a senior in high school was Joey. Now, if you tell anybody that, the CIA is going to come get Oh, I think I just blew it. But anyway, <laughs> that was kind of a kind of an interesting time. And uh, so I had my name on it. So I was excited. They won the world. Can that be? We didn't have a lot of money. We grew up. Uh, Dad worked his way up from a janitor. The different things that he did, which he enjoyed, to real proud of him. Ended up being an engineer at NASA, Jet Propulsion Labs. And I'll just toot my, horn, my dad's horn. He's such a special man. I can't wait to get there, Dad. But. He's got three instruments he designed sitting on the planet Mars right now. That uh, and my dad had never done any of that in World War II. Didn't know what he's going to do. So he's been an inspiration in my life all along. So he would point at it and say, "You're going to love this." That got me excited. So finally, a Christmas story, not to drag out uh, Christmas morning, not to grab out this story that's totally anticlimactic but very interesting. Uh, I opened up this box. Finally, everybody was watching. They had the instrumentic camera, you know, pop up and take your picture. All set. When I got it open, they said, you're going to love it. It's something you're going to love more than anything. It's something you really like, but you're never going to believe that you could have it like this. And I kept thinking, what do I want? A radio? So what can this be? Yeah, it was a 10-pound industrial can of tomato ketchup. <laughs> no. Because <laughs> I loved ketchup on everything. No. I ate ketchup <laughs> on everything. And so there was no. this time we could hardly lift it and wrap it over it. And there was a 10-pound can of ketchup, and which was great. Of course, my little sisters were squealing. They had a squealy laugh at that time. They were only this big. They're on the floor rolling around laughing. 
others beside her telling my dad can't stand it anymore. He says, I can't stand it anymore. He says, go in the living room. I went in the living room. And there I had a Royce Union three-speed official uh, black, white English bicycle. And it was so cool. 26-inch. And uh, he said, I can't stand it. You're picking on my boy. But it, it was really funny. So uh, everywhere I went, I thought about, I don't need to eat fries here. I'll take them home. I got plenty of ketchup. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so that was kind of different. But it's, it's something the way we look at Christmas, we think about those ties. And uh, hey, let me let me kick something out to you on that. Just thinking about this, uh, you know, wonderful life, the Christmas story, all the things that we look at. Um, I see so many of today, unless you look at Hallmark, they kind of make me sick. But um, they've lost the meaning. Out of some of those things that you learn in life, maybe toss to the folks today a lasting insight on faith that you received, something that built your faith that made you stronger. And, you know, maybe something out of that faith that has made you who you are, because everybody I'm looking at right now, all of you, you impact my life. So I know you impact lives, countless lives with, with peace and joy and the presence of the Lord and the fact that he's there and you know, he's there. So whatever we're doing, he's in there with us. So maybe you have a thought. Let's throw that out there. What kind of insight do you remember as you look back now that warms your heart, like Paul said, um, that might be of a significance spiritually for people? I don't mind sharing if I can again. Absolutely. You know, having our own kids now, it makes me think about the, the special Christmases we had with our kids. And we always wanted them to know that Christmas was about Jesus being born. And mm. so we always had a birthday cake for Jesus and before we open presents in the morning, we always sing happy birthday to Jesus. And I remember one period around Christmas time, my, my young son, who's now 31, he said, I want Jesus to live into my heart, but what if he wants to get out? <laughs> we always wanted to keep, be sure Christ was kept in Christmas and we would sing happy birthday and I think that probably slowed down around middle schoolers, but that was always an important thing to us. And even now with, you know, having a granddaughter who's nine months old, we have the Christmas books about Jesus and we have the snowman books and the Rudolph the reindeer toy, but we have the books about Jesus and we really want her also to know about Jesus. And that's so important. Amen. Okay. I so Dr. Marion, you made me think of something. Um, I, my childhood had good and bad and messy, like probably everybody, but our home, um, we had addiction in our home. We had mental illness in our home. So my relationship with my mom was very volatile, but one thing, my mom is a beautiful singer and she loved to play the piano. And so I don't know why, whatever you just said, made me think of that. I would sit with her and we would play Christmas songs and sing and harmonize and even in the car. And it was always at the holidays. And I loved that so much. It was so special of a time because she was very present with me. Right. And she wasn't always capable of doing that. But the, the, the other memory that I had actually thought of was Paul, I don't know if I've ever told you this, but you remind me a lot of my dad. You have a very kind, mellow disposition. You, there's a lot of your mannerisms, the way you speak, you're a man of few words. You remind me a lot of my dad, um, but his home, he had his parents and then his grandparents in his home, pretty much his entire 
upbringing. And so he was fortunate. He basically had four, four parents around all the time. And one of the things I learned after their passing, my grandparents finally passing, I got all of the family Bibles Mm -hmm. and I didn't realize how much generational legacy there really was there. And actually my grandfather was also adopted. Um, but they would have meetings about mission work and they would do quilting and they would do prayer hands and all these things in the community. And so I just want to encourage people when I read these Bibles and some of them were in Norwegian and I could see little hand notes and like notes at the church, you don't know who's gone before you and your family and really fought for you. And then also if you come from messy, which a lot of us do, it's also an opportunity for you to determine what you're going to stop and change because you have the Lord in you, right? We have that available to us. So I just wanted to share that because it's neat Mm -hmm. to see your roots and then also know that you can change some of the things that aren't maybe the best. Amen. Amen. That's right. Good word. Good word. One one of the, uh, uh, on that note, one of the things that uh, uh, I'm probably going a little overboard. Um, I'll say it, and then I'll be embarrassed. We all will be embarrassed anyway. I'll say it. <laughs> uh, I, because I had become so uh, so jaded early, uh, later in my teenage years, and became so hateful. Um, Christmas for a number of years to me was just a reminder of of the uh, white Eurocentric oppressive. <laughs> culture that I lived in uh, until I got saved and got opened my eyes. Uh, but there were a number of things that happened uh, in my childhood uh, during Christmas. Uh, I didn't want to happen with my kids' lives. And one of them was, I, I, after getting saved, I really came to understand the absolute amazing gift of Christmas, uh, what, that, what that signified. And I didn't want my kids to go through and miss any of that. So I went so far to the extreme that I would never allow a Christmas tree in our house uh, until they were probably, they were, they were gone, I believe. Uh, now we had lights outside. We had, you know, uh, the activity things, um, but no, no Christmas tree, no Santa Claus. Uh, one of the big uh, problems we had when they were, even my middle sons in kindergarten, then because <laughs> he was arguing with his classmate that was no Santa Claus. <laughs> and they, they were, <laughs> The whole class is upset because he kept saying this thing, uh, and it was it was trying hard hard to get the teacher to understand why. I just said no from day one. He's always understood that Christmas is about Jesus and Jesus' birthday and the birth of Christ. And so, even on Christmas morning, uh, up until probably until they were probably middle school, um, Christmas morning meant getting up, getting dressed, coming downstairs and have breakfast, and we had a time of praying and and of devotion about Christmas before they could ever touch a gift at all. And they were always itching to touch a gift. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it's, you know, again, I, I look back now and probably went a little overboard, but I was so adamant about them understanding, <clears throat> understanding the, the, the meaning of and the impact of Christmas, how great a gift it was to us. Um, and of course, after you left home, they all got Christmas trees. But again, I, I go back one of the one of the issues I still have to this day, I really do. I I really, really hit my pet peeve is how too many people um, dilute the Christmas. Christmas, mm-hmm. what it is. I, I and I'll say this to confess also. 
uh, I've been a member of a number of different churches that have great Christmas uh, programs and pageants, and very few have I ever attended. I, it's if it's if it's if it has any Santa Claus and reindeers and all sort of things, I I can about guarantee I'm not going to be there. It, it does something to my head. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, but I, because I it's I, I don't know how to say it, but somehow uh, being so lost after those memories in childhood, being in a church but not knowing Christ, um, mm-hmm. just made up a huge impact in my life. So when I got saved, I swore to the Lord that I would never, ever completely disregard his amazing gift to us. And the last story is uh, I pastored a church, and and one of the things to this very day, you can talk to any member there, and their their worst memory or most fond memory they'll laugh about is the Sunday I got up on Christmas uh, service, and the first word, words out of my mouth was that I hated Christmas. <laughs> Now, they heard nothing else in the whole sermon. They said, I hated what the world has made Christmas out to be. And I gave what I thought was a phenomenal, <laughs> exergetic passage. Oh, it was. It was Nobody great. Nobody remembers that sermon. <laughs> I just thought yeah. Pastor Greer hates Christmas. No. <laughs> yeah. They still anyway. talk about that sermon here in Lompoc, uh, Ron. <laughs> you know, you know I, 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 I'd like to piggyback on something you just said, Ron, because I, I have such an appreciation for the journey that your life has taken and how how Jesus has absolutely transformed your life. And uh, you used the word jaded a while ago. And uh, I, I remember reading a, a story about, uh, you remember how, department stores used to have christmas uh pageantry things in the windows and stuff like that and uh i read the story about a man and a woman were standing they were looking through the window at this christmas display and there was a little church and the guy turned to his wife and said would you look at that the church is even trying to horn in on christmas you know know? and i'm thinking boy isn't that the way i i think the remarkable message of of christmas is that God in his mercy broke into a jaded world to to heal and to make whole and to help people see that the pieces can fit. And uh, if if I may, uh, I'd like and it's not really a Christmas passage necessarily, but it's from Second Corinthians chapter 10. And uh, this is from the message uh, paraphrase. But these words are just I, I think certainly where we're living today, you know, in our country. And the scripture says this world is unprincipled. It's dog eat dog out there. The world doesn't fight fair. But we don't live like that. We don't fight our battles that way. Never have, never will. The tools of our trade aren't for marketing or manipulation, but they're for demolishing that entire massively corrupt culture. We use our powerful God tools for smashing warped philosophies, tearing down barriers erected against the truth of God, fitting every loose thought and emotion and impulse into the structure of life shaped by Christ. And uh, I think we think about Christmas, you know, and taking all this broken stuff. You know, I did you ever break one of your toys on Christmas morning? You know, that's Not a that thought. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and 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 for your parents to say we can fix it, you know, and they'll get the glue out and you know work on it a little bit, um, but it becomes precious. So, 
So to think that God would come into a jaded world, and it's easy for us as Christians sometimes let our hearts get jaded if we're not careful. We need to protect that, protect our hearts, protect our minds, or realize that the Holy Spirit's doing that, and then cooperate with that. So it's a good time to talk to people who feel they have no hope, that yes, there is hope. It's repentance, redemption, and boy, God made it possible, and I'm, I'm grateful for that. Amen. Amen. And did you have a thought you wanted to say there, Marianne? Amen. <laughs> you know something interesting there, just a couple one of that really makes me think, uh, we see these stickers so often, you know, where do they say, somebody, zip is the reason for the season. Jesus <laughs> is the reason for the season. Actually, that's not true. You're the reason. I'm the reason. We're the reason for the season. Yeah. Because God did it. In fact, when we get worried about things like Paul saying in the world today, what a great point you guys had. Nobody pushes times God, God's timetable. Because actually, Christmas doesn't start at the manger. It really starts in the book of Genesis, all the way back in the beginning of the Bible. God made a promise there. And then everybody fizzled out on God. He's not going to do it. He's not going to do it. Look at the Old Testament, a bunch of ups and downs. Talk about bumpy ice to skate over like Paul was saying. The Old Testament is just lose, win, lose, win. What do we do? For Who wants to be like Israel? They're nothing. They're never going to remember the name of Jehovah Jireh, Jehovah God. Well, we remember Alexander the Great. Yeah, we really don't. Remember Jupiter and Zeus? No, we don't really. Win. And so God took his time and he waited on everything. 1,600 years later, he brought it all about. He said, now. And everybody said, what? Of course, I'm going to go into that, but right now, but later. That's what it's about. So Paul's right. And what you guys were saying there, both of you appreciate. Um, I get frustrated sometimes because, you know, what's going on? Where is God and what's happening? And what's with the woke generation and all this stuff destroying everything? There's no panic in heaven. God's got it all worked out. Just sit tight. And stay the course like Ron was saying, you know, and uh, it's all going to come about. We're going to talk more about that in the next three weeks. In fact, next week, we're going to have Charles Lingerfeld with us and Dr. Georgette uh, Nichols that you met, uh, who's who her court dates, the things that are happening on suing uh, on the drug industry in the, the Texas hospitals in the South. Um, that's all going to be part. But we're really going to talk about Christmas. We're going to hear about um, Christmas in um Oh, gosh. Turkey. No, no, close by there, uh, right next oh. to Iran. Yeah, what is wrong with me? Uh, right right above, uh, oh, gosh, Charles is going to kill me. But he's known the best there of anywhere. They're going to share the traditions there. Some of the early churches were built there uh, That uh, when, when the Bible just started going out to everybody. So um, they're going to be with us. That's going to be exciting. I would like, Marianne, if you've got it, could you just give an address? Because we want to tell people she's got a tremendous gift that you can give to people for Christmas to help your kids, to do what everybody's been sharing, to love them and show them what it means to be loved and to move to the next step. And Marianne, tell them how they can get a hold of you. If yes, you would. people can go onto my website, dyslexia, which is D-Y-S-L-E-X-I-A hyphen solutions dot com. My homepage is chock full of activities. There's um, books called, uh, they're from Pleasant Roland. They're books A to Z. And I'm passing on my um, reseller discount to people if they want to order these books from me. But they're very interactive for kindergartners. 
So um, because I have a passion to help dyslexic children, I also have a passion to help kids read. And these books would be amazing if they, if they're, if the kids aren't understanding it and not getting it, it could very possibly be because they do have dyslexia and we don't want them to develop dyslexia. So these are also really good books to teach skills of how to sound words out and learn pictures. Mm-hmm. Um, but dyslexia-solutions.com. I can also give you my phone number, which is 626-629-3024. And people can leave a message if I don't pick up. But, yeah, thank you. Leave a message. Yeah, write that down. Make sure you get those down, and we'll try to get them up for you also. Help your neighbor. There might be somebody that could really use that help, and they'd bless you 15 years from now when their child or when their loved one is doing so well because somebody cared. Stephanie, how are you doing back there? You doing well? I'm good. Hey, good. Hey, I'm man. good. Stephanie, could you share a word with us? And we want to thank people for some of the donations and maybe share yeah, a word. Absolutely. Thank you. During the holiday time, I know a lot of people are looking at year-end donations, you know, taxes and maximizing and all of those things. Don't forget to think about raising expectations. We are run by donations. We appreciate anything and everything that you can give. And one of the beauties of giving through this organization is that you're able to reach a lot of people for free. There aren't a lot of organizations that are able to do that. So we just have this platform that we're really, really grateful that the Lord has given to us. Um, You can go to BBS. Oh, look, it's coming up. (laughs) bbsradio.com forward slash raising expectations you can hit the donate button it's up there it's yellowish orange uh i don't know if you knew that but that's the color that makes you want to buy so that's why it's true look um and there are also instructions if you're not quite sure how to donate you can always reach out directly to pastor joe and then i wanted to say something about um dr cintron and her services so i don't know if you've heard as a parent you know the three things that you give what they want what they need and what they can wear and need i mean reading is essential in everything and dr marianne's services what she offers is great and they're really fun for kids and then just a little i'm going to do my own selfish plug here she and i have a little um video coming out on her youtube channel tomorrow about nutrition for kids with ADHD and oftentimes dyslexic children have ADHD. It's very connected also with autism and different things. So um, she really has a heart to bless people, which really is what Christmas is about. So really head over to her YouTube, check her out. She's doing a lot of amazing, amazing things. So you're going to see Stephanie and I talking together because she's the one I'm interviewing tomorrow. Wonderful. What's that address? address? You want to give out an address? uh, If you uh, search Marianne Cintron YouTube, it'll pop right up. Excellent. Tomorrow morning. Oh, all right. That's great. Well, it's a great season. Kurdistan, Ron, it just came to me. See? There you go. Oh, Kurdistan. There you go. Kurdistan. <laughs> it takes a sec. Christian, Christian things that you love in Kurdistan and why they love Jesus there. So it'll be a very powerful. One of the largest groups of Kurds in the in the world live in the Dallas area in Houston, I think. So um, that's going to be a good one. So Boy, well, we'll be praying for you tomorrow as people watch in. Marianne, that's going to be great. And Will, as you work and help people. And I don't know, that sounds like a great bike. You still got it? <laughs> I have other bikes now. Uh, no, I don't have it. Uh, but uh, yeah, yeah you got other bikes. <laughs> yeah, oh, there you go. Yeah. yeah. Actually, I, I, when we left New York, I was 15 years old. 
And I didn't, I, I was already here in California. My parents, everybody was still in New York. And uh, I, they asked me if I wanted the bike. I said, no, nah, no, nah, I don't need the bike. Yeah, I'm in California. Who needs a bike in California, right? <laughs> um, so I, we gave it to our, our neighbor downstairs. Oh, that's funny. He loved that bike. Every time we tried it, you know, he, he just loved it. So we gave it to him. There's your heart again. Spirit of Christmas. There it is. See, that's great. Well, we've got about uh, three minutes before I'm going to sign off. Anybody want to share a word? I'd like to share one more thing of, about traditions for Christmas. One of the traditions that I learned from a gal named Emily Barnes, who's now with the Lord, was to take a picture of you of you um, with your Christmas tree before you decorate it, a picture after it's decorated, and have a Christmas card and also a Christmas letter, all in a scrapbook. So we have that since the kid since we met in 1989, our first Christmas without kids. We had our stepson, my stepson Randy, but up up until this year. So we've been married 33 years. So now we're into two volumes. Oh, just wow. I love traditions at Christmas, and that's a that's a harder tradition to keep this year because we do did lose my son Randy a couple months ago. Yes, yeah, I'm sorry. That's right. We sure did pray for you. We're so sorry. But we have a new little grandbaby, and so you know we don't want to stop the tradition. We're going to have pictures with her, and we're, it's fun. I think that's no, a- no, yeah, no guilt when I have a Christmas tree for my kids. Thanks a lot, Mary. I appreciate that. <laughs> Yeah, I think it's a great reminder, too, that the holidays can be wonderful, but they can yes. also really be heartbreaking because there's yes. a lot of yes. loss associated with that. So yes. grace and patience go a long way in this season. Someone may be very reactive in a store has nothing to do with you, right? Yes. As a former single adult pastor, boy, I could tell you stories when you had eight or nine hundred singles that are telling you things that come through. Just So, yeah, be kind. Show the love of God. Remember. Share a little bit of how much love and joy he gives you with everybody you meet. And always look for the positive. That's important. There's an old saying you used to give, and I'm going to time out here. Everybody ought to be a better person by the end of the day for having spent five minutes with you. Whoever crosses your path ought to be better off because they were with you. Amen. Amen. All right. Well, that's great. Thanks for being with us. The Cintrons, great to have you with us, your family, and uh, Paul, and Steph, and Ron, and Tank, wherever you are out there. Wherever, Tank. Play Yeah, yeah. We'll look forward to seeing you next week, folks. Same time, same station. BBS Radio Television right here. And look for us on, on all the platforms, and we'll look forward to being with you. God bless you. Merry Christmas. Bless. We'll be back with Merry a new story. Merry Christmas. <laughs> Merry Christmas, guys. See you later. Love bless you. Bless you. Friends. Thanks for joining us on this week's program of Raising Expectations. We profoundly hope you found it engaging and at times humorous, but most of all, uplifting, so that we may, with you, one topic at a time each week, become more encouraged to move forward to an exciting future in, as we always say, this thing called life in America today. So let not your hearts be troubled, your family, finances, faith, freedom, It can be a great future as we talk, listen, respect, and pull together. Please let me hear from you. 
You can reach me at 972-922-8556. That's 972-922-8556 or Joe Schofield on Facebook or LinkedIn. It'd be a pleasure to know you and we hope you'll listen in again next week on the BBS Radio Network.